people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, we're back to another week of Kidney Talk. Kidney Talk, another week, weekly Kidney Talk. Kidney Talk, I love it. I can't get enough Kidney Talk. I can't stand it. Well, today we're going to be talking about dialysis success. We have Roan Dale. Did I pronounce that right? Roanne Dale, that's correct. Ro-Ann you did not mutilate Dale. a name for a change. No, I, knew I, know, sp- I know that you love to mutilate people. No, no, names. I knew how to pronounce Roanne. I was just worried about Dale. the word Dale. Dale. Yeah. What so else could it she's be? She's been on dialysis. What could else Dale be? What, what else could. Dolly. Dolly? Yeah. Oh, okay, I yeah. gotcha. Are you making fun of me again? Uh, I, 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 find, I find the need. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my wife. Okay, now, she's been on, what, 30? 30, 30, well, we're going to come back, and we're going to let Roanne tell us. What an interesting story, how about, she got her uh, kidney and what happened to her. And yeah, I know. She's got an incredible an story. Incredible story, so you don't want to miss that. Well, and get some popcorn and everything, because it's almost like a movie. Get exactly. a box of Kleenex, too. All right. So we'll be right back we'll be with right Roanne Dale. Who can go the distance? We'll find out in the long run. In the long run. We can handle some resistance if our love is a strong one. Is a strong one. Well, now that I have mastered Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Let's see what my next challenge will be. It's in here somewhere. Say this three times fast. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Now if I only knew what that means. A fistula should be your first choice for your dialysis access. It says here, less infection and less hospitalizations. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lasts longer. Some patients have had their fistula for more than 30 years? Oy. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. For more information, please visit fistulafirst.org. Do it now. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Roanne. She has been a kidney patient for 34 years. Welcome, Roanne. Well, you've been a kidney patient for 34 years. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you were introduced to the kidney community. I had a younger sister, and she'd been out in the wintertime in Minnesota, if you can imagine what that's like, right? It's we're, freezing. It's freezing. freezing cold. And we were on a toboggan party. Okay. Does anybody know what a toboggan is? I know what a toboggan is. Okay. I do. I've seen I, them I in the them, movies. The, they serve them at their Wiener Schnitzel, you watch right? That. <laughs> oh, that's some, oh, toboggan, the the ice thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that little thing. Yes. But anyway, we were on a, we were on a toboggan run, and she hit some kind of maybe hidden big stone or rock or something under the snow. Uh huh. And she was so severely injured that just a couple weeks later, she was in a hospital, and her kidneys were in failure. 
Wow. You're kidding from the injury? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the injury. Oh my You know, gosh. kidney failure comes from a lot of different things. Sometimes it is just a traumatic blow to the body. That was her case. So they asked if my older sister Renee and myself would donate a kidney to Janine. And we went through great amounts of testing. It was very thorough. And what we decided as sisters was whoever is the best match, they'll be the one that gives Janine, mm-hmm. the younger sister, the kidney. Well, Renee was the A-plus match, so Renee donated a kidney to Janine. So your other sister— My, Yes, this is a whole family affair here. Yes. Donated a kidney yes. to the sister who just got injured. Right. Okay. But it, that donation failed within like a month. And this was back in the early this is 1970s. The early 1970s. And that was a better match statistically than yours. Well, yes, supposedly that was the best match. Uh huh. Okay, well, that didn't work. So then they looked at me a few months later and said, Could you donate a kidney? And I said, Yes. Did so you I have donated. any reservations whatsoever when they asked you that question? I mean, yes, that it, because, I did. because the other one failed. Yeah. But, you know, there was pressure from all around. And obviously, I cared about my sister. And my older sister had been such a soldier. You know, she just did it. Right. She's <laughs> and she came through it. And she was fine. So I felt that, you know, this was something I needed to do. So I went ahead and, you know, went through the testing. I was told I was a good match. And so I donated the kidney to her. But three weeks later, and I will never forget it, it was exactly Thanksgiving Day. Wow. I awoke very sick. And I, I had a sneaking suspicion. My intuition was telling me something wasn't right here. I was very scared. And, and how long is this now after you've donated? Three weeks. Three weeks three after weeks. you've donated a kidney. You wake up Thanksgiving morning yep. and you're sick. What, what, what kind of sick do you, did you feel? Like a hor- horrible flu. Flu. But there were other symptoms I could see. So uh, they got me into the hospital, they did testing, and then by December, mid-December of that very same year, I was on dialysis. But I was very fortunate. I was able to walk away from it um, after about three months. The, the you one were on remaining dialysis for kidney, three months? Yes, just... the remaining kidney started to come back. Oh, now, they kidding? said that would not happen. They told me, you know... You're, it's not, you're never going to walk out of here. And I said, well, you will watch me walk out of here because I am going to. And uh, I made it back. The chemistries were never really good after that point. So I struggled for about five years. I was not on dialysis then for five years. With a, with a semi-functioning kidney. Semi, probably about probably, 15% function. Did you right. really watch your diet? And I had care? to, even then. I had to watch everything. So I feel like... I've done dialysis since the early days of the 70s because I've always had to watch sodium, fluid intakes, all of that. But in September of 1978, the kidney that I had left ceased to to function, and I had to start full-time dialysis, which I have done now for all these years. For how many years now have you been on dialysis? Well, what would that be? I think that's going to be 28 years. Wow. This, 28 this years. September will mark wow. my 28th year of three times a week. But the great thing is, in the early days when I first started back in 1972, for that three months, it was eight hours of treatment. Right. We didn't have sophisticated machinery. I mean, it 
they used to call them wash tubs. Yep, washing machines. Yep. I they remember. Were, they, were. <laughs> they were huge. They were monsters. I remember um, the machine that I was on, they referred to as Big Bertha. Because it was so large, and um, yeah, they were, they were actually they were actually modified washing machines. Did you know yeah, that really? Westinghouse washing machines? Really? And there was a lawsuit from Westinghouse against the kidney community because um, washing machines hadn't been specified to wash blood, only wash clothes. Did you know that? It's another a interesting. Is I didn't know that either. So <laughs> I think she's no, making this not. stuff up, man. It's not. They actually tried to stop them from using the equipment because they were afraid of the lawsuits, because washing machines were only specified to wash clothes, not blood. But anyways, that's getting off topic. And I think that um, one of the things that's absolutely amazing is, and I think people should understand this, is back in the early 70s, they didn't have the sophisticated testing and they didn't have the medication. So I don't want to put fear into the people uh, listening out there, but but it is a reality. Sometimes mm-hmm. things go wrong and it could have been that they didn't actually properly check you to the extent that you may have had some predisposed kidney problems that were never identified. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but just hearing that how your sister was injured in her kidneys failed. Right. And then you're, I mean, it seems like you there had some. There might have some, been a weak link. There may have been a there. weak link that the kidneys were somewhat fragile to begin with and just weren't picked up. I mean, but now that was we way had, back when. In and, the and early and 70s. I mean, when I was a little, little, little. And that's little, very little rare. I, I, this is yeah. the first time I've ever heard of that happening. Well, I know. It isn't just an isolated story, all right? I mean, there are some people who have gone through donation and they've had trouble. But yes, most people don't deal with this. It's, it's And now, okay, maybe things would be different. Let's say I had done that today. They no longer cut you from the front, your front navel to your backbone. Right. I mean, you. They, just, it's they much suck it less, out with a little vacuum. Yeah. Yeah, but, they, <laughs> use a little, they use a little dirt devil. You know, they just yeah, suck that kidney out. Uh, I want to know what it's like, you know, going from donor to patient. What was that emotionally, you know, going from a donor to a patient? I felt like I had entered the black hole. I didn't know how I was going to crawl out. I mean, I just felt like I crashed. You were in your 20s, would you say? I was 21. 21, wow. Pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, what can you say? And your parents must have been. I think it was very difficult for them. I mean, not think, I know. Of course it was. They were very loving. They just wanted to get their kids back on track. They Absolutely. wanted the family to be happy and healthy. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. what has been tougher for you, the mental challenges or the physical challenges of dialysis? Those two are really hard to separate. And I thought about that even when I was going through this. I thought, what was the worst? And it goes back to the old ancient um, discussion that the philosophers used to have. What's in control? Mind over body, body over mind. But I really do believe for me... The mental challenge was the biggest thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. But when I did that, everything else fell into place. So for me, yes, m- being mentally in charge is what helped me to get better physically. Right. That el- helped you achieve dialysis success. That's right. And that's the name of your book. You wrote a book called Dialysis Success. I and did. it gives all kinds you of You wrote tips. a book too? I did. Everybody's What's the writing the, books. What is the name of the book? It's Dialysis Success, a self-help guide to live well on dialysis. Wow. I got to get that book. I know. You you need it. Yes. <laughs> now, was there a book in the past that helped you before you wrote your book? Because, of course, now yes. your book's the one to get. What's the book that helped you get through this the most? 
What was really neat was I was feeling really angry about the whole thing. I had started to regain a little bit of health. My kidney, the one I told you that I still had, had kind of started to kick back in. And so I, but I was still very angry. And the physician that I was working with knew this. He could see this. I mean, I wasn't hiding my feelings very well. And he said, Rowan, I wish I could give you peace. And he said, here's a book. Why don't you read this book and see if it helps you? So the book is called Man's Search for Meaning, and mm-hmm. it was written by um, a German doctor who lived in World War II Germany. His name was Dr. Viktor Frankl. And I learned so much from that book. I really figured out how to approach life, mm-hmm. how to change my attitude. Because what he really said was, you know, we all have things that happen to us in life, but you've got to find the beauty and the meaning in life. So what I walked away with was I would believe whatever I needed to get me through so I could handle this. Right. So in a way, you could say, all right, maybe I went through this so my mom and dad didn't have to. Right. Believe what you must to get you through. And those words have stuck with me for all these years. Does it include, like, visualization or? No. He actually has a philosophy uh, by which to live. He calls it logotherapy. Okay. But that's basically it. You know, we've all had things taken from us, our dreams, goals, wishes, desires. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are in this life. There have been some of those things that you no longer have. But you have to believe that you're here for a reason and that life has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's that's logotherapy. Well, I want to hear more about this. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with Roanne. So we'll be right back. Honey, we never go anywhere. What are you talking about? We just came back from the grocery store. I thought we had a great time squeezing the tomatoes and produce. I know someplace more exciting than squeezing tomatoes. The breakfast cereal aisle? The city of brotherly love. Oh, honey, I don't even like your brother. Philadelphia. Renal Support Network is holding their big national patient meeting. With you being on dialysis, I figure this would be a great place for us to mingle with other patients and healthcare professionals that are experiencing the same kind of challenges we do. There's going to be panelists from all over the country, hundreds of patients, fun, and even games. An illness is too demanding when you don't have hope. Tell me about it. It's this October 5th through the 7th in Philadelphia. They even will have dialysis services available for you for the trip. I think this is just perfect to help you empower yourself about decisions on your own care and treatments. What do you say? Well, let's see. A fun convention in a fun city with other people and healthcare professionals exchanging knowledge and ideas and giving us hope in living with my kidney disease with interesting speakers, activities, and even games. Or a trip to the half-price dented can section at the Food King. Hmm. For more information, call Renal Support Network at 818-543-0896 or go to their website at rsnhope.org. We were scared. We ain't shaking. Kind of been. We ain't breaking. In the long run. Ooh, I want to tell you it's a long run. So we're back with Roanne. And uh, she wrote this great book called Dialysis Success. And tell us a little bit about what you learned. You know, you've achieved dialysis success. Man, 28 years, you look fabulous. Your attitude's wonderful. Um, you're, you're always so happy you whenever know, I see you. It's true, because I, I got to say, what, 
it was very traumatic for me walking into a dialysis unit for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I must say, it was so depressing. I walked in, and I saw people who looked near death. I must say that. And then I was asked to uh, film this um, pep program promo. And I saw all these, like, 20 people who are in various stages of dialysis or transplant. And I remember seeing you and um, many other people. And you looked so healthy. And when I found out you had been on dialysis for so long, it gave me tremendous amount of hope. And because all I had ever seen was, one, my sister, who looked horrible, and the people in my dialysis unit. So when I saw you and all the other patients uh, were, were, when we were filming, it really brought a whole new life to me. So I got to I gotta say, I know there's radio, but she really looks great. <laughs> I know, it is. You're very kind. But that takes work. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked me, what are some of the keys to success that right. I have in my book? Yes. And I will say it over and over, exercise. You'll love this. One of my friends is a nurse, and she says, Rowan, you can't write about exercise. Patients hate that word. Statistics show they hate it. And I said, well, then they're going to really hate the book because <laughs> I'm going to say it, and I'm going to use the word exercise. To me, that's really key because, you know, what you're doing for your body, you do for your mind. And so much of how we look is how we feel about ourselves. So my book is really pretty pragmatic because I wanted to talk about the things that I had learned over 33 years of doing this that would help patients. And a lot of it is on the level of body. Like, what do you need to do? Why are we told to watch our sodium? Why are you told then to watch your fluids? Uh, What's the connection with all the food that we eat? And why is it that we have to limit foods because of phosphorus, potassium. You know, I want people to understand that. And there are formulas to understand how that works for us. So I got into the science and the math of it, and I started to look at the whole thing like it was a game. Like, wow, if you know the rules to a game, Mm -hmm. what is that? Checkers, look at that game. Cards, poker, um, I mean, just anything you can think of. Right, and there if you cheat rules. at the game, what happens? You lose. You lose, right. That's right. <laughs> you get thrown out of life. Exactly. That is so true. So it was about participating, understanding the rules of the dialysis mm-hmm. game, and enjoying it. And now don't beat yourself up. Okay, so maybe one month your lab, labs weren't perfect, but you can work to achieve perfection. So. And you have a chapter in your book called What Is Your Body Saying? Yes. What does that mean? It's listening to your body. A lot of times, okay, you, I heard you talk on an earlier program on Kidney Talk, and you were saying you had some patients next to you that were screaming. But sometimes when patients don't feel well, they, they scream or, or cry and do things because they're not listening to what their body is saying. If you start to feel lightheaded, like the feeling you get after you blow up a balloon, that's the time to raise your hand and say, excuse me, I'm starting to lose it. That's the terminology I lose at my lab. (laughs) I know myself so well that I can say, excuse me, I've lost too much fluid. I know what target range we're going for today, like how much I said I wanted to lose. But maybe the machine is taking off a little bit too much fluid. Right. So you have numbers to work with. You know, we have a healthcare team. But we still have to listen to what the body is saying. 
If your body is itching, and I have seen people scratch until they bleed, that's a signal too. Maybe your phosphorus is up too high. So work with your healthcare team and find out. Do I need to take more of my phosphate binders? Right. Your body is giving you signals all the time, Lori. I know you know that. Right. No, I know that. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, it, your body doesn't lie. If you listen to it, sometimes we go in denial and and pretend we don't hear it, but it does speak pretty effectively to us. Yeah, it's very, very true. I know my wife says, uh, you know, did you take your blood pressure? And I and because I, 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 I suffer from low blood pressure because oh, yeah? of dialysis, and I always know. When my blood pressure is low, I don't even have to take it because I, I mm-hmm. it's a definite feeling. 100% I can tell where my blood pressure is at, even without taking it. I do take it just to make sure. But I can always tell when my blood pressure is low and I, can, I need to eat or drink something or take some salt. Good. Well, and I know I've read your book and it's great, but I would like you to share some of your beauty tips with Stephen. I think these well, are thanks. fascinating. Thank you. Know, Why do I need the beauty tips? <laughs> well, I've already read the book, and you have it. Uh, you so. can tell by the way I look that I haven't read no, the book. No, I was going to say, I saw you in January, but that was pre-dialysis. Yeah, I was right, yes. You're looking really good. No, no kidding. You must have already read my book. Yes. So give me some beauty tips. Yeah, I need all the help tips. I can get. Well, this was my one big beauty tip. I could look around and see that a lot of people on dialysis look kind of yellow, you know, and it's a uremic buildup. Right. So here's what I do. Once a week when I'm at exercise, I go into the sauna and I do a sauna sweat because it helps to get out some of the uremic buildup and it keeps the skin looking whiter. Now, we want to have good skin, right? But a lot of times on dialysis, you feel itchy. So you do need to use a good moisturizer. But I find it better to use one that has no perfumes in it. So there is another tip, too. Find a good body what moisturizer. What does the perfume do? It dries out your skin. It can make you itchy because the perfume has an alcohol base. Okay. So you want to use some kind of moisturizer lotion, that's, that's scent-free. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's funny. Uh, before I went on dialysis, there was, you know, there was, I didn't know anything about kidney disease at all. And I started to itch on my stomach. And I was thinking, my God, what is that? What is that? And, and actually, right. Lori told me what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I'm on dialysis, I have not had an itching episode since I've been on dialysis. Good. Yeah. So, so that I'm, means but, your phosphorus level is probably normal. It's better than it was, but I, it was it's literally nice. driving me up a wall. Right. Oh, I it's mean, awful. it's like having tons oh. of mosquito bites on you. Yeah, you, right. just, you just don't get any relief. Um, oh, now, um, I want to ask you about uh, some things in your book. You, you mentioned uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. Tell yes. us about that. Do we have to be concerned about that? Well, I think it's good to be aware. And if I'd known back then what I know today, I probably would have done things a little differently. What happens is that we can't get all of the buildup of toxins or chemicals in our body. We can't clear that out. And even though we go to dialysis, there are some molecules that are very large. For instance, the molecule of phosphorus is large. But in regard to carpal tunnel syndrome... It's called B2M amyloid, okay? It's a molecule, and it's very hard for Mm -hmm. us to rid it. If you look at the region of your wrist where the carpal tunnel is, it's like a strap that goes across the medial nerve that runs down your center finger. And if you can imagine, the minute we take in fluids, we've got excess fluid on, so that causes a swelling. And this is a very, very small area in your wrist, so if they, if they can't get it 
you know, um, controlled with maybe some kind of drugs. And I was good. I've always been good about watching my sodium mm-hmm. and my and my fluid intake. So it wasn't being caused because of that. So I actually had to have a carpal tunnel release. But what I know now is there are see everything gets sophisticated. Gets Just wait, and it's it'll called change. Amylado- am, I can't say this. Amyloidosis. Primary amyloidosis. Doisis. Did I say that right? You know, I feel like I should have brought a notebook or something because there's so <laughs> We're much gonna information. We're going to have you spell here. that later. <laughs> you know, also when I'm in dialysis unit, a lot of the um, patients um, wear one glove, and it's because they said they had steel syndrome. Do you know anything about that? Actually, I don't. I do. Oh, what is it, Laura? Steel syndrome is actually um, when you have an access in your arm and it, your fistula graft can take a lot of blood. So it actually steals the blood from your fingertips, which can make your hand colder. That's and may um, And actually it steals blood. So your hand can fall asleep easier. It, um, you know, you got to move it. It can cramp, and it's because the fistula graft is, you know, needs so much blood to operate oh. that it's stealing. Now here, I thought they were all like just Michael Jackson fans. Yeah. But before we go, I, I want to know how do you get your book? I mean, if somebody wants your book, which I know I do, but I get a free copy. I know you get a how free do they copy. Get, how does somebody who's not privileged like me get a book? Well, I have a website. www.dialysissuccess.com. Don't leave out any S's and don't put any spaces in. And we'll have a link on our website, too. Thank Dialysissuccess.com. We have so many links on our website. We're like a a fence, a chain link (laughs) fence. (laughs) What a great resource. It people. is. It is a great resource. It really it is. is. And we hope the show reaches a lot of people and uh, they'll it get will. on the stick. So, yes. Thanks so much for Thank coming you. to Kidney Talk. Thank you so much, Roanne. Oh, I just love pretzels. Let's, let me see here. One serving is six pretzels? What, are they kidding me? Who only ate six pretzels? I have to stay on my renal diet. I know. I can bite part of one pretzel. Then bite the side of another pretzel. And then I hook them together, and I can count that as one pretzel. Mmm. Boy, that was good. You know what I love now? A big gulp. Now if I fill it up halfway and then drink it and refill it to the top, now that won't count towards my daily fluid intake. Or will it? Make the connection. Eating high-sodium foods makes you thirsty, which will make you retain more fluids. Do you want to share a tip on how to stay within your fluid limit? Email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, and we'll let our listeners in on your different tips. We're back. Boy, that was interesting. Wow. I mean, it, it, it can make a movie. Her, her story I, I, she, can make a movie. Her, her, her story could to make a movie. It's incredible. And she's just so, I mean, calming. I mean, you just... I, when I'm around Roanne, I just feel like, wow, so relaxed. Yeah, and, when she was and, telling me about her sister, all I could think about was, um, you know, how she 
got injured in, right. a, in a toboggan accident is why I, the uh, last playoffs, the basketball playoffs, right. I'm watching Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> I saw that too. A kidney transplant. I know. And he is being knocked around and falling down on the hardwood floor. And, I, and I'm thinking, when Ruan was telling me about her sister, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this man is insane. That's exactly what I saw when um, he made that, he went up to jump and he landed on his right back. On his and back. I'm like, um, actually the kidney's in the, f- in the front. Did you know oh, that? You no, know, I didn't know Did that. you want to feel my kidney? No, please. Um, not right again. She Keeps asking me to feel her kidney. I mean, you can feel it. I don't want to feel Um, your kidney. That's why it's so close. And you can get your hand off my leg now, too. (laughs) Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 